0: So when the hell did the writers of Airplane and Monty Python get together, take edibles, and then go to the grocery store? I mean, somebody really should have just showed them like Rick and Morty, otherwise we could have just fucking missed this movie. But that's besides the point. We'll get into our little fantasy booking of Airplane and Monty Python some other time. Everybody, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the show that's got a deep-seated fear of cauliflower for reasons. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by the man whose face after nine shots of Captain Morgan looks like a killer tomato. It's Michael Flaherty, everyone
1: it's i'm i'm scared of cauliflower for cauliflower rice based reasons and i and i've got the same i've got the same uh i've got the same uh what is it the gene where it's the asian glow thing where it's like where it's like people get are like you get the red face and all that just from doing shots absolutely it's a it's a hot mess over here but
0: listen listen we out here listen man spring break of spring break of my junior year would just change demand for cauliflower and Taking shots, <laughs>
1: it's it's just it's a it's it's low carb mayhem out there. It's low carb mayhem.
0: Well, audience, I'm sure as you've been able to tell based off of our uh, vegetable-related puns today, we're covering. Well, this is the, the tomato is not a fruit, not, not a vegetable. It's a fruit, but you know that I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting. Shut the fuck up. We're covering this week the 1978 cult classic Attack. Of the Killer Tomatoes. And it's about uh well, the world is under attack by these killer tomatoes. You see. It's in it's in the title. Mike, this was your first time watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think?
1: I thought it was great. Bam, this movie ruled. <laughs> I walked into it going like, oh, this is gonna be a spoof movie or like a bad movie. I knew it was gonna be a spoof movie. I had watched, see. I'd watched some of the other Killer Tomato verse things, (laughs) made it being the animated thing that they did in like the the late 80s, early 90s. I'd watched that and I was like, okay, cool. Killer Tomatoes, same vibe, Mm -hmm. got it. But like, I hadn't seen the original idea. And god damn, like, (laughs) this was. I I was like, I didn't know what I was expecting, but this was not it. I was. (laughs) Damn, this is it's. This is literally like Airplane, but if the mm-hmm. guys from Airplane were just like w- a lot higher, and we're just like, what if, what if, what if, what if fruit and veggies wanted to fucking kill you, man?
0: <laughs> now this film again. This is my second time seeing the movie, and. It, it like with the amount of shit that's in it, like, I mean, every scene me and Mike were just talking about this beforehand. It's like they're there's like they're throwing stuff at you. And if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss a joke. It goes that fucking quickly. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. This movie is what happens when you take your college short film that started out as a joke and just turn that into a feature film, because that's quite literally exactly what happened. So
1: hell, yeah, it is. That's awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs>
0: So, writer Costa Dillon, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, came up with the idea in high school after watching a film called Attack of the Mushroom People on TV. And then, in one of his film classes in college, him and some buddies, including John DiBello, the director, and Stephen Peace, writer, and the actor of the Finletter character in this movie, they made a Super Eight film called Attack of the Killer Tomatoes as like a 15 minute short film. So, and then after college, the 3 ended up forming a company that specialized in uh sports films, specifically filming high school football, which I don't know if people know this but <laughs> I used to do that and I'm Hell like yeah. just to think I could have made Attack of the Killer Tomatoes in an alternate Absolutely. universe. <laughs> I,
1: I I can see I can see I can see good good timeline spoof <laughs> movies in your future. That's all <laughs> I can see. Not not like epic movie div- disaster movie. That we got in the late 2000s, which is just, we don't, we don't talk about that, but more like the 80s and 70s and 90s spoof movies that are like silly and lighthearted and fun.
0: <laughs> no, if I was to pick a different, like a different thing other than a tomato, I probably would have gone with, I don't know, killer apricots. I I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Cran- it's, cranberry pits it's, I love are coming around and trying apricots. to kill people.
0: Cranberry pits just coming around trying exactly. to kill people. <laughs>
1: It's just, it's just, you're like, oh no, it's giant watermelons. It's just like a bunch of watermelons rolling around.
0: So, you know, but that's, that's, that's not what happened. I didn't end up making this movie, but I will be remaking, doing the remake. Just you wait now. But they did end up doing crowdfunding and raised around $90,000 and it would go on to spawn three sequels, including the three sequel films, including, um, one, George Clooney, appearing in Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Fuck
1: yeah. Fuck yeah, George. Welcome back, bud. I, I'm sure we've mentioned you one time. I know we did with bat nipples. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, we haven't talked about Batman and Robin, but, you know, I don't feel like there's anything we could really add to it. But you, you never know which movies we're going to Absolutely.
1: cover. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got to keep you on your toes. So, but hell yeah, George Clooney. In the in the
0: tomato verse, <laughs> and lastly, uh, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, actor and writer Stephen Peace, um, he would later go on to serve in the California State Assembly and California State Senate. Oh, shit.
1: hell so, yeah, yeah!
0: There is a there is a political link <laughs> to <I'm> the state <laughs> of California with this movie. It's Absolutely,
1: we had. That, that is weird. It's we got we, we have we had Waco, Texas links with Eddie Murphy. And now we've got now we've got politics to link in with this one. It's going to get it, it's going to very quickly devolve into Chapo Trap House. That's what I'm saying. It's going to just we're just going to get real, real political.
0: <laughs> it's all going to be we're all going to like have these movies linked to like some big true crime or political event that took place.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's going to be it's going to it's going to get real messy real fast.
0: Now, Mike, I want to get right into the drinks and yeah, just because there's a lot I want to get into with this movie. So, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and ask you early the most important question of this podcast, which is if this movie were a drink, what would it be and why? And I have another question. And why does your drink have tomato juice in it? (laughs) introduce
1: <laughs> you motherfucker, you motherfucker that's, that's always, every you know your first reflex is to always put tomato juice in it, all right, and you know what? I have a sucker for predictability, so it's got tomato juice in it
0: listen it if you if you came up with your own drink for this movie and it doesn't have tomato juice like we have we have come up with some vastly different cocktails from one another, but we can all both kind of see how it links. If you don't have tomato juice in your cocktail for this, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: yeah exactly that's that's the big words like how you got it real wrong here bud you got it super wrong but okay fine 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 my cocktail so when i was coming up with the cocktail and sitting around i was like okay this movie's good this movie doesn't deserve an offensive cocktail first off so i'm gonna make my cocktail non-offensive And then I went, all right, but it's not, but it has some moments where I'm genuinely confused and the movie is moving at such, it's at like, it's at a, it's like a coked out hundred meter sprinter. It's like, it has zero time for you to be confused. And it's like, okay, you get it or you don't, keep up. So as a result of that, I wanted to make sure it was great. Not great, good but also a little on the confusing side. So I was Mm -hmm. like, all right, spoof movies, you love them or you hate them. That's just, that's just the way it goes. Mm -hmm. So I picked a michelada Mm. because a michelada, I feel like is very much a, you love it or you hate it. It's got beer, it's got tomato juice and it's polarizing. So, okay. At its base, it is beer. I feel like, because again, you love it or you hate it. So grab a beer, grab your favorite light beer. Um, I personally am going with a uh with a Miller High Life, because I, I don't know. This that feels that feels very 70s American in my brain. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. It's a this is a beer movie. Easy, cool, you enjoy it and you move on with your life. Tomato juice. I'm not gonna i'm not gonna go deep into that it's it, 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 tomato juice yeah yeah no shit lime juice <laughs> we're gonna keep the lime juice because let's be honest with ourselves the movie is physically bright and it's very light-hearted the movie really does not take itself seriously which is totally to its favor mm-hmm. like oh my god i was expecting this movie to like be like I wasn't expecting it to be a drama, but I was expecting it to be even slightly serious. And it's not. And I'm so much, so much happier that they're not. So we're keeping that lime juice to keep it bright, happy and moving. All right. Towards the end of the movie, I had to look down to my phone to answer a text message. I look up and I am already lost. Mm -hmm. And does the movie, does the movie explain it? No, it does not. Does the movie give you a second to catch your breath so you can catch up and go, oh, okay, that's what's going on. No, it does not. So, alright, to add in that confusion, that sort of that sort of that sort of wacky craziness, that sort of like, oh my god, what's going on right now? I want you to throw in some extra hot salsa verde. It's got some tomatoes, mm. and it is a left turn, but I, but I feel like it's also considering what you've put in so far it's not that offensive you're Mm -hmm. like you're like it's i'm confused but i'm not mad you're like it's yeah it's fine this movie has weird turns to it for its gags a lot of its fucking gags are just are just like some of the most outlandish things occurring and no one addressing them and continuing forward so i want to throw in something outlandish but fitting based on fate but but fitting if you like look at it for a quick second so we're going to grab fish sauce add a little bit of depth to it instead of instead of worcestershire sauce it's cuz cuz worcestershire sauce is too expected you got to it's got to be it's got to be a it's got to come out of left field and finally you just stir it all together and you have to be and you need to you need to take a couple take a couple puffs uh in a in a, if you're in a legal state uh, if you're not, uh, too bad. Um, and then sit down, watch, watch airplane on, on 1.5 speed and just drink. And that's the drink.
0: You heard it here first. Michael Flaherty is encouraging you to do illegal activities in a state where it's not legal.
1: Yes, I uh, do it in front of a cop.
0: <laughs> Go on. You won't do it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No balls. <laughs> you won't do it. You
0: won't do it. What are so- the odds? So my awesome drink as always, but I'm saying that because we don't quite have a memento situation on our hands, but you and I both went down the michelada route and <laughs> with, but just in, in a different way. And I, I think you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll see what I mean here in a second. I'm excited. I'm excited. Dude. But yeah, your, your drink, I would, pro- your drink, I would actually probably drink mine. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay. So, by the way, yes, my drink also has tomato juice in it, but you know, okay, cool, whatever. let's look at let's look at my base. So for me, I was torn between beer and tequila. See, on one hand, we have beer, and like this movie was not made for a whole lot of money, but you know, it was probably made for a lot back then, but that's you know, that's besides the point. It looks cheap, but every like the idea of like having everything be with like killer tomatoes, but like, on the other hand, we have tequila that fits like that zany vibes for this movie. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do both for our beer. Let's go with PBR. It's cheap. It's American. And it's something hipsters really like kind of like this movie for our tequila. Mm -hmm. Let's go with an 1800 silver tequila. Not quite as raunchy as like a Jose Cuervo, but you know, it's just wacky when with how fast this movie throws things at you, I'm going to say pour in three shots of tequila also, because oh. much like this movie, once it's done, you're going to have a headache and be like, my God, did I get everything with that? <laughs> so Let's go ahead and let's also toss in our tomato juice. Let's say about three ounces of that. Like I said, not so much to say here. Next, I mentioned it earlier. There's a lot of stuff with this movie, a lot of bits, the rolling ad text, the tiny meeting room a random guy showering in the hall of a government building the puberty love song a random musical number so for all that and more gags that we get i'm gonna say add an assortment of spices into your cocktail so go and grab yourself a pinch of Garlic powder, onion powder, chili powder, cayenne pepper, table salt, pepper, cinnamon, nutmeg, paprika, mustard powder, thyme, dried oregano, and a few bay leaves. Drop that in, mix it up, and while you're at it, go ahead and squeeze in a little bit of lime juice on top, and that's my drink.
1: Hey, Mike, are you making a cocktail or a marinade for a carne asada? What the <laughs> hell, man? Like, damn. Just a, just <laughs> like, a pinch. Like- just a pinch. A little bit. Okay. All right, all right, because because you just sat there and just threw off all of the spices, and I was like, D- "All right, damn, we we went we went from okay, everybody, here's a fun cocktail to, and eh, maybe you pour that in a bag, <laughs> just throw 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 a throw a, uh, throw
0: a skirt steak in there, let it sit for a couple hours, you got yourself a great steak." You know, honestly, that also does not sound bad as a steak marinade. Now that I think about it, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> you're like you're like that's actually not too bad. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, like I just think you need to include a bunch of spices because, I mean, like I said, this movie, I, I rewatched it again before this podcast, and there was just so much shit they were throwing at you. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: That is true. That is true. It's this movie. This movie is it feels like it's always trying to like sideline you. Like Mm -hmm. it's trying to sideline you while you're already trying to recover from the previous sidelining that the movie did. So you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, shit.
0: It's like a football game, but every time you get tackled, you stand up, you just get tackled again. And it's just like over and over over again. It's
1: It's a football game of only fumbling. Like only fumbles occur.
0: So guys, let's go ahead and let's get right into talking about the wonderfully interesting attack of the killer tomatoes. So we get some rolling text about Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds and how people laughed at it and I'm really like, okay, we're starting off by summer by doing a book report on The Birds. Interesting. Hell yeah. Let me Flip cut to notes. present day at some place and we go to a house where a woman's just, you know, doing the dishes and she sees a tomato in the sink. And I think it's making noises, but it kind of sounds like it's going. <laughs> dude, <laughs> it's so funny, dude.
1: It's so funny. It's the tomato is is not going like, I'll kill you or anything. It's literally just like it's literally doing like a like a Jimmy Cagney. Like it's just Herman. He Herman, Herman, Herman. He mean,
0: I really wanted the. tomato. Now that I think about it, I really wanted the tomato to be like that one clip of The Rock back in early WWF where he's just like, shut up, bitch, but just like high (laughs) pitched to hell. and It's just like, shut up,
1: bitch. (laughs) It's like you want it it to be like the turkey at Thanksgiving, but pitched up in a tomato.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. The tomato ends up falling on the ground and starts rolling towards the woman, and she starts screaming for all hell. And then we get our fucking title card, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and an operatic theme song oh, yeah. going along with the oh, title yes. credits.
1: Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It's, it's awesome. I
0: love it. <laughs> I need an EDM version of this song done stat.
1: Dude, oh my god! If it could be like a like a techno like theme song remix,
0: <laughs> and the the opening credits as well, they include uh, some type of sponsorship, I guess, and it includes like this space is available with like a fucking phone number. And I'm like, i love like, OK,
1: it. I love it. I, I love that. That's a running gag in the movie that they're just rent space in the movie for ad for ads. I, they're like, like, again, it's. I, there's so much shit and you can't harp on too many of the gags because there's so many of them. But like, that's funny. Just like just like it, it, they do the same thing in Monty Python with the intro to Holy Grail where mm-hmm. they've got the running text on the bottom that's different from the intro title cards.
0: Yeah. And then, but now we go to a crime scene where the woman we saw before is dead. And our detectives is like, no motive, no weapon, nothing. But wait a second. That's not blood. It's tomato juice. Oh, no. And then we, throughout this whole movie, like we, in between, like I guess it's segments, we randomly cut away to some people just getting attacked by these tomatoes. And this is the first part oh, yeah. we get of that. We cut to mm-hmm. some. I don't know, some dude's dad and mom, and the dad starts like fucking choking while the mom is just sitting there at the <laughs> dinner table smoking a cigarette, just paying no mind. Like, dude, that's
1: that's a that's a that's 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 big. That's big. The divorce papers got filed. Energy. The, the mom's just like, mom's like, they get what you deserve, Darren.
0: <laughs> Listen, I'm sitting. If they just play this clip out of context, I'd be like, oh, she poisoned him. Like, th- yeah, th- right. Yeah,
1: exactly exactly you're just just without the context that it's killer tomatoes you just go oh she's killing them. oh okay
0: and another cutaway we get is to some fucking just like your grandpa and grandma sitting like in the living room watching a tomato kill someone and they just don't say anything I just love they're watching
1: a kid get brutally killed by a tomato and they're just they're just like shout casting it. They're like, oh, isn't that the neighbor's kid? Oh, yeah, that's him. Oh, he's getting getting swallowed up and gored by the tomato. But now yeah, he
0: is. But now we go to a, a fucking shootout where cops are driving up and a fucking helicopter crashes and the sheriffs are like shocked and they're like they like do this like quick cutaway thing things about this the helicopter crash like was not planned that was a actual real heli like they, they rented a helicopter for this movie the the story goes that the crash was real and the actors just kind of had to like Improvise on the fly. By the way, no, nobody. That's
1: awesome. <laughs> that's so great.
0: I uh, should make not? it clear: nobody, nobody was um, killed during this crash. Nobody was seriously injured. Oh yeah, and, that's good. By the way, the rented helicopter cost the production like sixty thousand dollars. Like oh my way God. more than the rest of the production of this movie.
1: Dude, two thirds of their budget went to the helicopter, <laughs> which wasn't intended. <laughs> Dude, I love that, and just straight up, the helicopter crashes, and literally, the director, the cinematographer, are like, if you motherfuckers stop acting, I will kill you where you stand. And so they're like, oh, and they're just doing their improving bits.
0: You know, dude, hats off to them for doing that. Like seriously, because if I saw oh, yeah. I was an actor and I saw a helicopter just fucking crashing, my, I, you know, I'm not a I'm not a professional actor. I'd probably be like. Holy shit! Holy shit! We all just filmed someone die in a, in yeah, a exactly. helicopter crash.
1: You're like, you're like, hey, you're like this went from. You're like, oh, good, good to know, good to know about the rust set.
0: <laughs> oh, why, why, why we got to do that?
1: <laughs> oh, it's all right, all
0: right, all right. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, we move on from this. By the way, all of the crew members apparently non-union. I I didn't know where to put that, but you know since we're talking about the helicopter crash, it makes sense to mention that people working on this movie weren't Union.
1: So somewhere Alec Baldwin is signing relief. Oh, number two. <laughs> Dude, all right. You know what? I'm digging this hole, all right?
0: So then we see one suit uh, is talking to another, and they can't seem to stop these tomatoes. Like, I mean, th- guys, this is like the first real dialogue we get. In this movie, and like, it's quick. Like, I'm I'm sitting there trying to take notes to like, you know, let y'all know what's going on. And I can barely keep up. I, I straight
1: up at that point, I was like, I literally, I was also trying to type in keep up. And I quite literally put my phone down and just went, all right, they're talking fast about tomatoes and war.
0: <laughs> and one of the beautiful shots of this movie comes when we see the sheriff with a shotgun just... Pointing it like shooting at some tomatoes that are like aren't there's aren't moving they're just on the ground
1: <laughs> they're just they're just frozen in place they're not even rolling or going me 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 it's just it's literally just a still silent shot of tomatoes and just some overacting sheriff screaming and shooting them with a shotgun
0: and then we go to one suit. where where he says, I want this man working on this case. His name is Mason Dixon. He hasn't worked since the Bay of Pigs. Cool. Nice way to insert a Mason Dixon line joke in. That
1: was confusing. I was like, I I definitely stopped and went, okay, that's obviously a gag, but why the mason dixon
0: line? <laughs> let me see some other guy got hired by the president because i don't know i think he's like the sec- the speaker the secretary speaker whatever his fucking title is he's a government guy all because he has a garden cool but now we cut to the insi- <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> now we cut to the inside of some government building where we get a gag of a general falling asleep against a wall for literally no reason and then I don't know if this was my favorite gag, but it's the one, one of the ones I remember. They all have a government meeting in a room that's like, way too small and these 60 something generals have to like open the door and then start climbing over everything and the shot just <laughs> goes on for way too long.
1: It, doesn't, it goes on for like 30 seconds and it's all of these stern faced 60 year old men who are like "Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm oh, I'm sorry my bad. Give me. Yep. Uh, let me scoop past you. I'm, I'm sorry about that. And, and they're all sitting down. It's awesome. I love that bit so much. It's so funny. So
0: they're talking about like some nuclear testing. Uh, they talk over each other and then the press secretary arrives climbs on the table sits down and then gets turned over to a doctor uh to talk about the tomato problem he entered this guy introduces dr nokitofu i think that's how they said his name who is poorly dubbed with a deep voice (laughs) that doesn't match what the fuck (laughs) is going on i i love it
1: again again It's my favorite thing is my favorite thing is the little game I play, which is, which is, it's like with, with all of these old movies, the ADR for people who are not native to the United States or Canada Mm -hmm. is always going to be terrible. But I love that the directors just leaned into it. And we're just like, we're going to find the worst ADR for this person you can
0: conceive. Yeah, it just fucking sounds like Morgan Freeman's voice is coming out of this <laughs> guy. So,
1: dude, he's got such a sonorous voice; it's <laughs> insane. It's just, damn. It's like, all right, man, hell yeah.
0: this use of an SAT word there. I like that. Hell yeah, it's one of your four. It's one of your four. Keep you on your toes. So we get some like more like hat like quick jokes like about a half robot half man thing. And then he knocks a picture of the USS Arizona into a fish container. And that's a, a, a fucking Pearl Harbor <laughs> joke as well. And then he has to climb over the table again. So after some more offensive words, this guy, Mr. Platt, like they go outside and in the hallway, they, you know, get some exposition. And then we just walk by some guy taking a shower in the middle of this hallway. Okay. And then we go to Mm -hmm. some lab where we meet this robot that only has one working leg. So it runs in circles and can only jump on one leg and crashes into a wall. But then we go back into some meeting room where we meet (laughs) Mason Dixon and he meets a group of his team where it is sam smith the disguise expert greta attenborough a swimming expert who is in the olympics and greg who is an underwater expert and they all go to leave the room they're waiting on the fourth member who will arrive later but then as the group is leaving a random little drummer boy just is walking behind them (laughs) what the fuck is going on with this movie (laughs)
1: Dude, it's oh at this God. point in the movie, like like the conference room gag, I was like, I was like, that whole scene, I, I, I was like, all right, cool. Still silliness. All right, the movie's obviously giving it lighthearted. But af between the the end of that scene, all the way to uh the final part where the little drummer boy walks out, that whole stretch of time is just one joke every second. It is it's exhausting. Like I had to stop and go. Like, oh my god, please! Oh, it feels like I'm in. God damn it! Is this is this how my like dad felt when he was watching Airplane? Like, Jesus Christ!
0: <laughs> Good. Lo- okay, so again, that's kind of the pace that we're looking for with this movie. And this again, this movie throws a lot of gags at you. And this is one of those movies. I think I'm going to stop right here for a second. This movie. This is one of those movies. I think that's like either you. Really like it or you really hate it. There's just no in between. Exactly.
1: exactly, exactly. Because the the movie, I feel like this movie and airplane, I feel like are the two best examples of if you're gonna have a movie that is nonsense, like complete nonsense, off the wall, ridiculous to the nth degree, lean into it, but also ground it. Because because mm-hmm. again, all of the jokes are silly relative to the situation. Mm-hmm. They're not just flat out silly. It's like, it's it's like he goes to meet his crack team and two of them are under are water based experts and they're in the desert. And it's you're like, like ah, okay. you're like, ah, it's kind of silly. Or it's the conference room is tiny and it's 60 to 70 year old men crawling over each other. It's it's all stuff that feels so is like and I know the explaining jokes bit is like kills the joke. But Mm -hmm. like, it's just like there's a difference between gags for gags and gags because they relate to the movie. (laughs) Like
0: so speaking of cutaway gags. We get a Jaws parody in this movie. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> so, awesome. like, these 20 somethings are just swimming in the water, but watch out because tomatoes can float, and we get a water tomato attack, and people start screaming. And I think it's here. I think it's in this scene where he's only credited as boy on boat, but an actor by the name of uh, Dana Ashbrook is in this movie who. You Twin Peaks fans might know as Bobby Briggs. <laughs> damn. Damn. This is like that's, first that's first a kid on the boat. This is like his first really? role. Yeah. I was
1: I was going to I was going to make a joke just and just being like I like it's all these 20 something college girls going woo and then it's just some 8 year old just on the boat but like yeah you're just like no, it's the Twin Peaks
0: kid. And you're like oh, that guy went on damn. to have a career in the movies and tv hell yeah. He's, yeah yeah exactly so okay now we go to a press conference and the president's using like public funds for personal purchase but that doesn't matter because this mr secretary guy gets a question from like a literal child and asks <laughs> about the tomato problem which makes all the other journalists who are getting up to leave sit back down and ask about these killer tomatoes so this mr secretary guy like Talks around it. Does the politician thing? Uh, he says this will never become a problem that you Americans will fear. Now we go to another meeting, another government meeting with some like supreme with the Supreme Court justices talking about the tomato menace. And oh, it looks like one of them lost the packets. But then it turns out that packet got mixed in with some journalist. So we go to a newspaper headquarter where, like this. I- <laughs> I don't know J Jonah Jameson finds the government... It's, go ahead man It's like a
1: it's like a so one all of the senators are named after presidents so for for every for every giant nerd out there like that was pretty I find that to be pretty silly but yeah it cuts to it cuts to yeah knock off J Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man just and also if J Jonah Jameson was a like gigantic sexist like, holy shit. I don't know if the movie was leaning into it or if that's how the chips fell as time went on, but like, Oh my god! Like the dude drops some wild statements every freaking minute. (laughs) Like you're like, dude, you're like, haha, like this is this is hilarious. God, chill out, man. Oh, oh
0: my lord. So they pick some random journalist lady to go on to cover this story. Who, by the way, this actress who's a journalist lady didn't act in anything after this movie. So, R.I.P. to her acting career after this. I guess. Yeah, rip so now we go to like the fucking summer ep- x games out in like this desert where people are riding motorbikes and it's like you know really like hot you see and a motorbiker gets attacked by a killer tomato and a woman screams but then we go like fucking so the pre- then we get cut to the press secretary and his friend out driving in the desert we'll get back to them and then we see jay jonah jameson back at the newspaper office talking to fairchild our lady journalist and then he just straight up sexually harasses her and assigns her to the tomato case. And she's like, okay, cool. The the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> Not okay.
1: That's just some that's just some 70s shit, man. Like, that's just some that's just something you look back at and you go, damn, wow, they really just damn, they didn't even care back in the day. Okay, yeah, alright.
0: And then we go back to Mr. Secretary and Friend in the Desert. And their car is now just covered by tomatoes, and they crash. While the tomatoes are back to making their like grumbling meh-meh-meh-meh-meh-meh noises.
1: It's like yeah, they sound yeah, they're they're back to sounding like Skeletor as they're just like as they're
0: just slamming into the car. It's not like fucking Conor McGregor at that Khabib conference where he's just like me 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 me, me Shut your yeah. fucking! Dude, can you imagine? I do. Dave. Can, you, can you imagine <laughs> these tomatoes had the voice of Conor McGregor?
1: oh my god And you just see one of the tomatoes run up with a massive dolly and you're like no (laughs) (laughs) the tomato throws a dolly through the window oh my god
0: you'd be like damn these tomatoes are hardcore maybe we should have made them (laughs) no 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 that's what these is the backstory behind the killer tomatoes is they were made in ireland (laughs) they're
1: just irish
0: tomatoes they're just, they just have, they just, they just are
1: like, they're like walking, sh- walking like short tempered Irishmen.
0: <laughs> just like Conor McGregor. So uh, now we go to the press secretary who's magically okay. And I think talking to the president, and the president's like, okay, listen, I ha- like, I have this idea. Let's use Mindmaker. And they're like this like PR firm. And, you know, they help the this PR firm helped them get elected and they should be able to find a solution against these tomatoes. Another cutaway gag to a supermarket where tomatoes are killing people. You see? Yes, see. And then we go outside like some fucking old guy's house where Fairchild drives up to question some government official. And by the way, her, her first name is Lewis. And she's got a boyfriend named Clark and we get like a random quick Superman <laughs> joke where a guy named Clark walks by. And he's like, oh, that's my boyfriend. Hi, Clark. And he's like, oh, hi, Lewis. And then we just hear like takeoff sounds. It's
1: it's it's these gags come so fast. Like, can't even we don't even have time to comment on it. We're like, and that happens moving
0: on. <laughs> and then Fairchild is asking Dixon about the tomato threat and he just fucking walks away. But now we go to Dixon's team driving a car, driving in a car (laughs) where it's, you know, this gaggle of like, you know, a master of disguise. And these this one guy wearing a scuba suit and an Olympian.
1: It's it's an Olympian that looks like a sixteen year old. Like it's a it, there's a dude in a scuba suit and a master of dis, master of disguise. And it's this and it's this tall black dude dressed as Abe Lincoln <laughs> just sitting in the passenger seat. Like dude it is. dude I I'm, hell yeah. And it's just them
0: rolling down the street just just chilling. And then fucking Dixon drops off the underwater expert. Who's was wearing a scuba suit just in the middle of the desert and just fucking leaves him.
1: Dude, dude, this is, dude, this is, it's this dude. This is the same sort of like nonsense energy as like, like when you and your friends are like going to smoke and you're driving back home, you got to drop them off. It's just everyone's everyone's as high as hell, just wandering home.
0: So they also drop, he also drops off the Olympian, but then Dixon's like driving the car. And now the, the Master of Disguise is now randomly dressed up like Hitler, and then a skydiver <laughs> lands on the roof of his car it's in the dead, desert. Why is there a skydiver? But no, it turns out the skydiver is actually the next member of his team, but the skydiver wants to attack Sam, the Master of Disguise, because he's dressed like Hitler. <laughs> <sighs>
1: Just in an SS uniform with a swastika and everything. And you're like, Jesus Christ. And then, yeah, just the the paratrooper skydiver person just starts lunging at him.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. just a lot. Okay. So this skydiver just gets in the back seat and his parachute's, like, all the way out. And he had, like, by the way, that's a gag. He just fucking pulls around this parachute for the next, (laughs) for, like, the rest of this movie. And then Mason tells Sam to disguise himself as a tomato to infiltrate the camp. <sighs> Catch my breath here. Now we go to New York, okay? Uh, Mr. Richardson, the secretary, uh, is at Mindmaker now. And he's talking to Swan, the owner of Mindmaker. And he's like, Swan's whole idea is like, the tomato isn't dangerous. And you know, we get like some pre-roll ads for some type of furniture store underneath. And he's like, okay, don't worry. I'll convince that I'll convince the American people that this is going to be okay. And then Swan goes into a musical number about how he'll help the American people because that's what he does.
1: Dude, the the marketing agency musical number is just, that's a weird one that just comes out of left field. He just breaks into this big song and dance about helping through marketing, which is just, Hey, it's, it, it was at this point where I was watching it where I just sort of threw my phone down and went, ah, whatever. At this point, I don't even care. Like, it just Yeah, sure. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He's doing a musical number.
0: <laughs> and they go to some theater where to watch like a policeman direct traffic, a blind policeman direct traffic. O- okay. But that doesn't matter because we go back to Mr. Dixon and his skydiver fin letter that he picked up. And he has to explain the concept of this hotel for this man who was, who was expecting to be camping outside. That doesn't matter, though, because we we go inside where Dixon like just leaves this strange World War II man alone by himself while he goes to check in. But Fairchild is hiding nearby, and they go up to his room, and Fairchild gets a card so she can go into their room later. And then mm-hmm. Fairchild breaks in later that night uh, but the skydiver is sleeping on the couch, and then Fairchild leaves when the skylight. When the skydiver says that it was a whore that broke in, what the, what the <laughs> fuck? What the fuck is also, this movie? Also, oh god! Also,
1: quick aside. Quick aside. That is the, gr- the 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 hotel room that they're in. My god, that is the greenest room I've seen. Isn't Eat it? your heart out, green room. Dude. It is. It is like guys. Like it's like i It's like it's like the inside of Larry the Cucumber. Like it's just. It's just ridiculous, man. She's like, everywhere.
0: I still can't <laughs> but yeah, I still can't believe that like people looked at Finletter and was just like, I want to elect that man into the California State Senate. That, that, that
1: still throws me. That still throws me. They went. That's my senator right there. That's my senator. <laughs> OK, so. We get a quick. Can you just imagine if, like, if, like, the if, like, Ted Cruz was in was in a movie, and then just just a bunch of people watch the movie, and were just like, "That man's electable."
0: I mean, I mean, who's to say he hasn't?
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, he was in Zodiac. There's dude, that old dude, joke mean- <laughs> that we're digging back up.
0: You know, I randomly think back to like the joke that like Ted Cruz was the Zodiac killer, and I don't know why. It just makes me happy in a way I can't explain. Yeah, exactly.
1: You're just like, you're, you're kind of sitting there. and You just hear it. You're kind of just smile. You're like, yeah,
0: you're like, yeah, that was, that was funny. So quick cutaway gag for Sam, who's just like a tomato talking to some tomatoes. Um, Cool. But then Dixon's getting to, to ready to wake up and leave. We get a gag about waiting for the radio broadcast, but the pre-roll ads go on for way too long. And then we cut to a you know another cutaway gag of some guy fishing at an oasis, and then more tomato gibberish. And like I guess that guy and his dog are dead. Sure. Well, they also the dog talks. I for fucking I fucking yeah, missed that. Oh yeah, I fucking talks. missed that.
1: It's literally, literally they're fishing, Ooh. and then you hear a me 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 me, and then the dog runs off, and the kid's like, "Oh, what's wrong, Spot?" And the dog's like, well, "I don't know, I'm gonna go check." And I'm like, "Oh, the the dog's talking now!" <laughs> it's like, God damn
0: it! God, I, you see what I mean about this movie? Like, you miss so much because this goes by fucking quick. So, more military guy. We get some military guys looking at a map. When Major Mills arrives with Mason Dixon, an older military guy shows up, and apparently they found a giant tomato by chaining it to something. So they're analyzing it with a stethoscope, and the doctor's like, this isn't what we thought it this is. This, may God help us, is a cherry tomato. And we randomly cut away to a giant tomato chasing a woman in a parking lot. And then we do another cutaway gag where the Olympic swimmer eats cereal in nature. And the cereal is called steroids. And then she has a fist fight with giant tomatoes and hits them like (laughs) volleyballs and then dies by getting run over by a giant mike can you talk for some time i need to i need to recover
1: all right (laughs) all right (laughs) let me let me bust it out go why don't you drink some water cool off champ (sighs) so okay she's oh my god so yeah so she's sitting there eating her steroids and then just essentially the whole cinematography crew just took their opportunity to just huck like volleyballs that are painted to look like tomatoes at her, until they just break out the one the one of the two big tomatoes that they had made for the movie, and they just roll it at her, and then she eventually gets squished, and then
0: it cuts away from that. <laughs> so
1: keep moving. Okay,
0: Finletter, the California State Senator, finds the dead Olympian, gives salute, and then walks away. Let me go back to the Supreme Court justice justice characters sitting around and doing nothing. Like they already do. Uh, but back with. oh yeah. <laughs> spicy political takes. So. Absolutely. <laughs> the dead damn. Damn libs. Back with Mindmaker and their weird owner. Mr. Secretary comes back and Swan's running through the plans where it's like tomato plants versus nuclear plants, uh, a symbol to wage ward. And then Mr. Secretary's about to leave. But then Swan shows him the ultimate commercial, which starts it's with. Just got- Hi, Jesus it- Christ for Technotron.
1: It's just, it. It. <laughs> Dude, it's, I love the guy's like got the ultimate ad. The ultimate advertiser, the ultimate marketing tool, and it's just Jesus. And I was like, I was like, hell yeah. I was like, hell yeah, the hell yeah, it's Jesus.
0: <laughs> you just hear this Pearl Jam playing. Even flow. <laughs>
1: oh my god, yeah, then Jesus comes out with a skateboard, he just starts to just <laughs>
0: so okay now back with mason driving and he's listening to the radio about how tomatoes attacked la boston and a bunch of cities basically using the same two clips of people running back and forth um and another random cutaway gag of a tomato in a library but then he goes to drives through like a back road and gets cornered by two giant tomatoes but one gets out of the way while the song puberty love which is like this high pitch just like fucking abomination of a song is playing which i guess is a joke and i want to stop here for a second because mike do you know who sings puberty love michael jackson no it is not michael jackson though damn it though though you could afford me with that take another guess i guarantee you you're not gonna get it
1: (laughs) it's all right uh
0: <sighs> let me kill Mister. <laughs> no, but that would be awesome. <laughs>
1: That'd be so sick. I'd be like, hell yeah, let me. Good to see you, man.
0: A man by the name of Matt Cameron, who would later go on to be the drummer of a band we talked about a few seconds ago, Pearl Jam, and formerly Garden.
1: D- damn, damn. <laughs> I thought we were making a making a steezus Christ joke, but no, we were we were setting each other up for some Pearl Jam. <laughs> Hell
0: yeah! Listen, man, if you ever want to set me up for for some steezus Christ, I am dude, here for
1: dude, it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I dude, you know I love these. I love I love to see I love to see love to see my my Lord and Savior just just shredding just shredding hitting laser flips.
0: <laughs> so, by the way matt cameron that's an amazing accomplishment to have on your resume that not a lot of people know about so congratulations
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah like good for you man i guess
0: now back to the tiny room dixon explains what happens but dr n i can't remember his name speaks and his voice is still deeply dubbed and Dixon gets a phone call climbs over the tail again another gag we go back with finn letter though Making a call somewhere, and Fairchild also makes the call, and there this gag is paralleled conversation. It's a whole bit. Fairchild calls j Jonah Jameson, and Fairchild calls Dixon, and they all hang oh, up. Yeah, yeah. well while, mm-hmm. F- while Finletter yeah. argues yeah. with the operator, so Fairchild and Finletter they stop and talk for a little bit, and you know the joke here is like, does does Fairchild want to sleep with Finletter? You know, we we don't know. So Finletter mm-hmm. says, "I got to go to bed." And Fairchild is just fucking, I don't know, follows to watch him for some reason.
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah, he does.
0: (laughs) But we get a little cutaway with Mason Dixon. Some unseen guy cocks the gun and starts shooting at people around him, which, you know, I mean, this movie does take place in America. So what do you expect? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: You're just like, you're like,
0: eh, it's it's not entirely uh, surprising. (laughs) (laughs) So back with Fairchild and Finletter. uh, uh, Finletter starts taking his war garments off While Fairchild lies on a bed Just fucking stiff as a board Then stands up to see Finletter in his underwear Then he attacks her with his sword Saying that she's a spy Okay Finletter Finletter operates by a very
1: Specific code of conduct That I'm not I still don't quite understand At this point in the movie He Man, he marches to the beat of his own drum, and I think his drum's out of sync.
0: <laughs> a lot of things about this movie are out of sync. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, cut to Dixon, who sees Fairchild screaming and running down a hallway. So Dixon goes into Finletters' hotel room and just sees it's a fucking mess. And another cutaway gag with Sam Smith, Master of Disguise, he's infiltrated the tomatoes, and you know, I guess they're talking about eating him.
1: Hey, Sa- hey, Sa- hey! Sam Smith is Sam Smith is the one person in this in this whole universe that is doing his job with no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's just—they're like infiltrates tomatoes. He's like, okay, and he You're infiltrates just like, yes, the sir. tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, he's pretty good. He's pretty good at it, apparently.
0: <laughs> so now we go up with Dixon to some fucking military base. We walks into a planning room, and military dudes are just getting phone calls and marking locations on a map. And the tomatoes are planning an all-out attack. But outside, Dixon and Finletter fall onto the ground because someone's shooting people. And Finletter, mm-hmm. again, still carrying around that parachute he felt he, you know, parachuted in with, uh, chases after the would-be shooter, and we get a chase scene where he randomly jumps over pallets through train cars and it goes on for a while, and the shooter pulls a gun on Finletter. Pauses, lets a train go by, allowing for the shooter to escape while Finletter keeps his hands up, but then we go to the president and he's talking with Mr. Secretary, who says they have to take the last stand out west, and then the president tells his secretary to bomb New York City, which sounds very familiar, doesn't it, George W. Bush?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You thought making you thought making Britney Spears go crazy could could divert us? From, from what's happened, we're we're above that, man. We're on to you. We're on to you. Listen, we
0: never forget.
1: No, we, we never forgive either.
0: So we go back with Sam Smith, and he's alive, but speaks, and like. I, then, I guess, hits his head with a hot dog or a glizzy, or I don't fucking know. Okay. He gets, he gets,
1: he gets smacked by a glizzy. He just,
0: he just cocks him in the side. I'm going to be honest. So as I'm as I'm going through my notes, I fucking forgot that scene took place. So as I was reading, dude, I was like, what the fuck? Did that happen?
1: Yeah, no, that's, dude, I didn't, dude, again, I forgot that scene took place. And then you mentioned it, I was like, oh, son of a bitch, that does happen.
0: Oh my God, dude, this movie is, it's a fucking ride. It's it a, is, it's a dude. fucking ride.
1: It's a, it's like, a, it's like, it's like a roller coaster without any, without any safety equipment. You just, you just grab on and you hope.
0: <laughs> so now we cut to nighttime at a city where the tomatoes stand with, well, no, the military stand guard. And we get another musical number where they say we crush, where they say like, oh, we, we beat them. We beat the Nazis in World War II. We crushed the Viet Cong. Well, almost. And just, I don't know, start it's, doing it, it, dancing and shit. I. I mean, they look like Marines, but this could really, you know, trick me for being the Navy. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's just you see the village people come out and they're like in the Navy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah, the military leader lead singer just like gets weirdly sexual throughout this whole song. Which feels strange to say, talking about a movie called Attack of the Killer Tomatoes.
1: at this point, the movie's made it abundantly clear. Anything goes. So (laughs) this surprised me very little.
0: But now there's a tank and explosions and military guys are just running through this city where tomatoes are rolling through, where we get some random shots that are clearly miniatures that are like exploding and like getting destroyed and it's an all out war of man versus tomato and a voiceover talks about the burning pillaging and raping of tomatoes on the <laughs> american citizens uh, this movie <sighs> damn to the tomatoes are hardcore they do not abide
1: by the geneva conventions dude
0: listen i mean you i mean you said it best i don't know if i have i, I will keep i will get to persevere and keep giving jokes but like I'm trying. It's a struggle over there. Hey, Dude,
1: hey, we're, we're, we're working. All right. This is ice
0: pirates' levels of
1: fatigue, but not the stress that's associated with it.
0: Where so where because here it's just like so ridiculous, but like with ice pirates, it's just like so much shit that I feel like that like is important to the plot. All this shit happening isn't there's just random like cutaway gags, but it's still hard to keep up with. <laughs> So now we cut to the next day, I guess, a reporter on the news talking to witnesses about the tomato massacre. And the reporter does a terrible job of, you know, calming (laughs) a grieving widow, uh, widow, widow, widower, widow. I don't don't fucking know. Says, your husband is dead. Will you remarry? What are you going to do? What about your children?
1: (laughs) It's just... Drives her to tears and re-traumatizes her, and just starts insulting her. here's an oh, adult. What are you gonna do? What about your children? You, s- <laughs> you son of a like, bitch! <laughs> I was like, damn. Are you gonna give him up for adoption? What are you gonna do? It's like I just like. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't
0: know. <laughs> didn't know the daily stormer made made on the ground oh, reports oh Ooh. <laughs> dude we are ed with the spicy political takes dude with this we're here
1: we're here we're, we're we're making them we're making them
0: <laughs> let me go to dixon walking in angst through a very quiet neighborhood he's sad but he sees something a little bit of tomato juice on the ground what could this be So Dixon follows the trail of tomato juice to a big tomato that starts speaking gibberish and rolls after him. So Dixon fucking hauls ass down a street, running away, runs up some stairs. The tomato just fucking bounds after him. And now he's just fucking inside some hotel or apartment complex and just runs into some child's room where puberty love starts playing. Thank you. Jesus Christ. And the tomato just fucking yeets itself to Dixon and Dixon ducks, and the tomato flies out of the room and just confusing this child for the rest of his life, probably, because <laughs> he's not going to remember the Great Tomato Massacre of 1978. seventy-eight. That, that's my favorite part is like this guy. This guy is
1: hauling for his life. He ducked and just and just a tomato flew like a baseball just through his house. And the kid's like, what the hell just happened?
0: <laughs> so. But then we when we go outside, Dixon sees someone tampering with his car. But then Dixon takes his car that Finletter was in and pushes Finletter out, gets in the car, and just gives chase to the guy messing with his car and you know dragging Finletter ar- along the way because you know his parachute was caught in the car. And we get a car chase because of course we do in this movie. And it's, don't worry, it's not a it's not like a Fast and Furious car chase. So that would be fucking insane. That would be nuts. That would be
1: nuts. So Dixon it just, Finletter is getting dragged as like you just see him like he's popping like drifts and like going on two wheels.
0: So we get we got these two cars, you know, driving. So Dixon shoots at the criminal whose car starts sputtering. But Dixon's car starts sputtering, too. And then Finletter is able to stand up and starts pulling the car with his parachute. And like now they're in the desert somehow. And Dixon gets out of his car and chases and. Points his gun at the criminal, but gets nudged by his car enough to knock him down. And the criminal takes his gun. And then Dixon wakes is- up. Sorry, do you have something to say?
1: No, no. It's just, it's just, this is the part of the movie that got confusing for me. And mind you, listener, I was paying attention. I, I did not stop and go, I. There, there was a moment, but during the toma- the big tomato fight in the city is when I looked down on my phone to check my text. At this point, I was paying attention. Damn, this part confused the shit out of me. Like this, and this is the relevant story plot stuff. And I was like, the entire time I was just like, what?
0: Huh? But continue. Continue. <laughs> so Dixon wakes up in some room, only to reveal that the man with the gun is Mister Richardson, the secretary. Gasp, what a twist. So Richardson's like, you're the only one with knowledge to stop me. It's funny, Dixon. No man sits closer to power than the press secretary to the president. And he starts monologuing about how he won't be mocked and everything will be mine. And Dixon's like, wait, what makes you think you can control these tomatoes? And Richardson's just like, you want lunch? And he tosses a tomato to Dixon, but it's fine. Richardson is in tune with his tomatoes. And his plan is to ride, is to ride on, ride on in in a white stallion to save the day. The whole tomato thing was his cause because Richardson wasn't, I don't know, wasn't fucking hugged by his dad enough. <laughs> it's good
1: enough reason for me to like just to just cause mass mass genocide. And the perpetrator be a tomato.
0: (laughs) So this monologuing almost crescendos, but the doorbell gets rung into the UPS man. So the UPS man enters and Richardson just shoots the shit out of him. Jesus. And Dixon's like, wait, before you pull that trigger, tell me how, how you do it. So Richardson's about to monologue when Finletter runs in with his sword and fucking stabs him hell and yeah vin letter oh okay it's okay. cool fin letter for the win congratulations california state senator good for you absolutely absolutely hashtag 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 that's my senator so dixon then looks at some albums and sees puberty love on vinyl but this gives him an idea to rally everyone left in the city together by the way we cut back to the supreme court people um they're still not doing anything. So then, cut to the citizens walking behind Finletter while Dixon runs, and we get another pre-roll ad segment for the furniture store, which is calling for help because of the presumed I don't know tomato attack. because <laughs> yeah, some tomato is barging in as they're typing it up. So Dixon reconvenes with the military guys like, I got it. I got it. So Finletter and the citizens meet up at the stadium where someone in the stadium says they're coming. We cut to giant tomatoes on like fucking, I don't know, Roombas that are just like floating towards this group of citizens. (laughs) That's how they move. No, 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 no! I'm not. I'm not
1: saying. I'm not. I'm not laughing at. I'm not laughing at you saying that they come in a room. But I'm laughing at the idea of just like everyone's like, "Oh my God, look at them! Here they come!" And it's just like, like. 10 Roombas with a tomato on each. And you're just everyone's like, oh, shit. Just-
0: you know, when I, when I see that, I think of like the opening riff of Breaking the Law by Judas Priest as a tomato's on top of a Roomba. Just... It's just 10 tomatoes
1: in a line like an old Western movie coming in and you just hear, Breaking the Law, Breaking the Law, Breaking the Law.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, so... Dixon screams up like turn on the record player and then starts playing puberty love over the stadium loudspeakers, and the tomatoes start freaking out and like it's working. And then the tomatoes like no, sorry, the citizens just fucking charge through and run through the streets of a you know of a street covered by tiny tomatoes. So this mass of people just fucking form a mosh pit over these tomatoes, and then the day is saved, I guess. But then Dixon hears a woman screaming in the distance and runs off. We cut to Fairchild, who's cornered by a giant tomato wearing headphones. I think, but Dixon—he's he, prepared <laughs> for this. Absolutely. He pulls out a piece of paper that's the sheet music of puberty love, and even does the trick. And that even that does the trick to make the tomatoes smaller that's... and have Mason Dixon save the day that's that's
1: hell yeah it is i love that i love that the tomato is implied to have headphones on so it can't hear puberty love and also is also understands music composition and could read it and go oh okay so that's how it sounds and all
0: yeah that tomato was in the orchestra in fifth grade He he knew what was up
1: and he would have gotten first seat if that stupid asshole of a of a tomatillo <laughs> didn't come in and steal his spot,
0: okay, now we cut to the stadium where Dixon and Fairchild walk through where Fairchild's like, "Thank you for saving my life. I guess there's nothing more to say and then Mason Dixon says goodbye, Lewis, and they share their first names over and over and over again Mason Louise Mason Louise, and then they run and embrace. For some reason where Lewis holds Mason in her arms and we get another musical number with Mason singing opera and Luis hitting high notes and the sun sets over the stadium, but it's not over. Hmm. We go to a random field where Mason and Luis walk through, but that's not it. We cut to a farm where a carrot peeks over the ground (laughs) and says, all right, guys. I guess they're gone now, and that's the movie. That's, that's it.
1: That's it. That's it. It's that's that's Attack of the Killer Tomatoes right there.
0: Oh man, Mike, what are your, what are your thoughts after venturing through this wonderfully weird movie that is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes?
1: Oh, it's a good movie. Oh, it's a good movie. This is not. See, this is if if you're gonna put this in the drunk movie night list, two. This is a two or three, not mm-hmm. because two or three is like, it's like, oh, because it's bad. It's like, no, this movie is very easy. Mm-hmm. Like it is easy to digest. You do not need to understand context and really feel for that. No, it's ha 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 ha. Science man showering in place he's not supposed to be showering. Ha ha. That's it. That's the gag. <laughs> and you could be pretty wasted to understand that. You may not pay attention a lot. But when you do look over, you go, oh, that's pretty silly. And you just keep moving like it's I feel like it's a good late two or three sort Mm -hmm. of territory.
0: Yeah, I got to say this movie is a fucking fever dream. It was like someone saw airplane (laughs) airplane and was just like, what if I made this just way more dumb in a a good way? In a good way.
1: Exactly. That is true. Mm -hmm. I I really do want that to be abundantly clear. Mm -hmm. It's like. This is dumber this is way dumber but it's like it's it's good like it is genuinely a good movie Mm -hmm. it is it's stupid and you feel stupid for watching it but you don't feel bad that you watched it you enjoy it and had a good time Mm
0: -hmm. like don't go into this movie expecting a work of art i mean if you read the title like and you you're in on the joke then i think you will enjoy this movie the acting is campy the jokes just hit one after the other. And there will be like some that you miss. Like we missed a, probably a good chunk of jokes. So if oh, you yeah. listen to this podcast and haven't seen the movie, go watch it. You're gonna pick up on a lot of stuff. I personally think this is a great movie number one. Oh, yeah. Because you can get your night started with this as you're like drink and, like as you're drinking and just get more drunk. Like, but you gotta start hard. You have to start hard that is true
1: yeah you if you do it do it number one like you can absolutely i feel like it fits really anywhere this Mm -hmm. is a great movie but yeah if you start one you this is a drinking game Mm -hmm. like you are you're sitting there and you are like laughing your ass off enjoying your time and you're getting really really drunk
0: Yeah, but, you know, that does it for this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. But before we get to the ending stuff, Mike, should we share our announcement that we have? Ooh, dare we? Should we we we,
1: share? Should we
0: titillate titillate the people? Let's, you
1: know what? Let's, let's, (laughs) let's, let's titillate. Let's Let's get, let's get a little, let's get a
0: little, let's get a randy. Let's titillate. (laughs) So if you guys remember last year, we had our Nick Cage month where we looked through four movies from Nick Cage, Nick Cage's repertoire that we thought best embodied him. And we did that in what, in what month Mike? Oh, we did it in the month of July, I believe. And guys, as you can probably look at your calendars, July is coming up and our celebrity month is making a return again. Guys, we're bringing celebrity month back and mike why don't you introduce the person we have chosen for our celebrity month
1: all right all right everybody okay so as you know as you know when we do when we do celebrity month we like to sit down and look at look at someone look at look at an actor or actress who has just done done all the whole spectrum of movies they've gotten good movies they've gotten bad movies and we want to sit down go through all go through their highlights with you and just come to the conclusion are they actually good or are we just kidding ourselves with a couple movies that they were in and for this for for this second annual celebrity movie month we've chosen our favorite, our favorite Scientologist behind Tom Cruise and Isaac Hayes, it's it's Mr. John Travolta, Mr. Grease
0: himself. <laughs> go Grease Lightning, go Grease, Grease Lightning, go, Grease, lightning. <laughs> exactly. Yes, the Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction. Well, guys, we're gonna go into his filmography and pick out some good movies, but also look at some of those other movies. That He's done maybe more in recent years, but you guys will just have to stay tuned for that. That's coming this month of July mm-hmm. and man, I'm excited. I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. I am ready to start
1: on 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 Mr. On Mr. Mr. Travolta's repertoire because I'm looking through it and damn he's got he's got some options to choose from. <laughs> he's got some choices
0: <laughs> we got to stay tuned for that coming the month of july um go follow us on instagram twitter youtube you guys know the deal and uh yep stay up to date with all that we've got going on and uh, mike do you have anything else you want to add before we before we close out i'm i'm still quaking in my in my boots and
1: shorts for uh attack of the killer cauliflower we're we're <laughs> guys, not talking about that.
0: that movie will make us shit our pants <laughs>
1: absolutely it's like it's like it's like skinamarink texas chainsaw massacre and halloween all rolled into one
0: <laughs> all right guys well we'll see y'all next week see you next week everybody